It's my first time using one of these things. Someone just say Brittany. Yeah. Well, how are y'all doing? Good? Good. Well, we're excited to have you guys. Like Kyle said, if this is your first time at FAM, welcome. It's your, I don't know if you've been here since the beginning, welcome. Yeah, Eric, woo woo. <laughs> oh man, but we're just so glad you're here. Tonight, tonight, in the next three weeks, we're going to just paint a picture of where we've been, where we're going, and how you can play a part, right? And so everyone in between, I know, how many freshmen we have in here tonight? Fresh, one of the freshmen in the back tried to run away. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited y'all are here. We know it's a new experience for you guys, right? Coming to college, you're trying to find a place to plug in, and we fully, fully acknowledge that, right? But for the next four weeks, including tonight, we're going to try to explain why here is worth plugging into and what we'd be doing. And so the same for everyone. It's a new experience for all of us. If you can't tell, FAM is meeting in a new place, right? We went from the basement of First Baptist Millersville to now the, I don't know, main room of our church, of the Branch Church Milledgeville, which is just absolutely incredible. All the hard work that was put in by our pastor, Kyle, who's walking around renovating this place. Uh, if you were here Sunday, you saw the before and after pictures, <laughs> and, and man, wow. It's not a miracle, but it's probably, I don't know, a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat. So, but man, it's been such a ride, and now we're excited y'all are here to jump in with us. And so if you got your Bibles, we're going to go to Philippians 2, 2 tonight. Philippians 2, 2, we're going to go all the way back to the first fam and why it was started, the intention behind it, our goal casting then, and whether or not we got to where we thought we would end up. So Philippians 2, 2. Philippians 2, 2, a little bit of history about us. Kyle mentioned I started it with Tyler. I can't see the stage lights on my face. Tyler, where are you at? Oh. <laughs> Start with Tyler and Collier, who is alive and well. He's just in Atlanta. He is not passed on. <laughs> he is here. Well, he's alive. He's wildly successful and will probably own half a Chick-fil-A one day. Um, unless he plants with us. But anyway, anyway. A little bit of history, it was us three living in a two-bedroom house with five people. And so, to paint a picture of how that worked, we had a converted garage room that doubled as Collier and I's bedroom. So he was in one corner, I was in another, and it was just a really sweet time. <laughs> we always just say goodnight to each other, good morning. But one night, right, our freshman year, we arrived on campus, we grew up in the church, and I say that, and we'll get into that. We were told we were to come to college and find somewhere to plug in ASAP, or we're going to fall off the cliff and just sin, 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 sin. <laughs> and so we were trying to plug in ASAP because we didn't want to fall off this cliff and sin, sin, sin. And so we went around, right, and we tried to find home. More than that, we tried to find a place we could plug in and truly live out the gospel, and the three of us, by the end of freshman year, were in a place of discontent, right? And we had grown up in the church. We never went to the same school. The only way we knew each other was youth group, right? And so our whole lives, we had been told this, right? Go to college, plug in, serve. Go to college, plug in, serve. 
It was just one night. It's like 12.44. It was 12.44. I remember. I sit up, and I'm, well, I don't sit up. I text Collier, right, even though we're in the same room. Like, I'm like, hey, man, you up? You know, that text. And I see his phone light up, and then he just sits up, flips on the light. And he's like, yeah, what's up? So he's in his boxers. I'm in my boxers. We're just chilling. I was like, come here, man. Come here. Hey, come on. And so we get to talking, man. I'm just like, hey, we got to do more. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, there needs to be more being done. There needs to be more being done. And when I was saying that, I was saying in the context of the gospel. We weren't seeing it radically change anywhere. We didn't go anywhere and feel at home. So for all the freshmen in the room, I can totally relate to where you guys may be finding yourselves. And he agreed. And he hadn't communicated this to me yet, but he said, no, I agree. I've been discontent. I haven't been happy with where I am. I feel complacent. <laughs> and we tap on Tyler's window because there's a, you, you'll see it sometime. There's like a through window. Tap on it. Tell him the same thing. Next day, we start brainstorming what it would look like, right? So fast forward a little bit. The first night of fam comes, we clean out the converted garage room and throw every chair we have in there, double the beds as like love seats, all right? And so we have like 42 sitable places in there and 12 people show up. So great start. There's some of them in this room tonight. Raise your hand if you were at the first one. Yes, three of them in here tonight, four right? Something pretty special. We didn't know what in the world we were doing. Tyler was tased as a prize to a contest. No joke. <laughs> Heather's team won, and Heather was the one that was supposed to tase him, but she's way too nice to do it, um, and she still did. I don't know. It was weird. Her eyes switched, and it was a crazy, scary thing, but point being, we had no idea what we were doing, but we just stepped out in faith knowing there had to be more being done for this gospel that so radically changed our lives and was holding us three together. And after going around to our friends and saying, hey, why do you go where you go? And then they answer that question and say, if there was one thing you could change or add to it, what would it be? And they said, authentic community. And so they made up some of the 12 that were in the room. And so from that day forward, we were rolling on the basis of we had absolutely nothing to offer except vulnerability in the one true gospel. Nothing. We don't have a sending organization. We don't have a network. We sure as heck did not have funding, and we didn't have a meeting place yet. For all we knew, it was going to stay in the back room of a converted garage room. But the Lord knew a lot more, and he blessed it. We went from that house to another house. We went from that house after filling it out to the basement of a church. Now we're in our church. It's a quick history of kind of how this whole thing started, how FAM started. Full Accord Ministry founded on Philippians 2.2. If you're there, just follow along with me. And it reads, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Uh, the name of this thing at the start was very close to being addicted to Jesus. <laughs> I just want you guys to know that was Tyler's best option forward after plugging in a youth group name generator. But no, we just came across Philippians 2.2 in our quiet time, and it just clicked. Full accord ministry. And we knew we wanted to operate as a family. So it just made sense. 
From that point on, we've been rolling, and it's the same thing. If you were here Sunday, you heard us open in 1 Corinthians talking about how we are the foolish of the earth. There's nothing we have to offer you guys except the one true gospel and authentic community. So hear me say that. We don't have a production. We don't have the world to offer you, but we can offer you vulnerability in the one who overcame the world. And so making our home here in Philippians 2-2 tonight, what that means is Tyler Collier and I stepped out knowing we were being told to complete my joy. What does that mean? If we step back to verse 1, it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, so almost kind of this rhetorical list because there's absolutely every single one of those things and the completed work of Christ. We have every reason to be encouraged by the work of Christ. We have every comfort from his love, and we have every participation of the Spirit that lives within us if we have a relationship with Christ. And ultimately, we have the complete affection and sympathy of our Lord and Savior. So by all means, we have to complete his joy. But as we learn, what is his joy? And it tells us in that same verse, to be of the same mind, having the same love, and full accord, and one mind. So dissecting that a little bit, having the same, complete his joy by being of the same mind, it means operating with one end goal in mind. So we knew setting out when we started the thing, we wanted to see the gospel change Milledgeville and ultimately the world. You might hear that and be like, that's a little ambitious. And I would say back, that's what we're called to do. So why is it ambitious? And why is Milledgeville not the perfect place to start that? Those of you guys that don't know this, and they probably didn't share this in your orientation, but back in 2013, the census recorded that there's a 43% poverty rate right here in Milledgeville. The same summer, there was 13 drive-by shootings. That's 2018 now. I'd be foolish not to believe that's probably skimming 51. And we have things going on like four shootings at the same gas station last semester. So to a person who may not be fully aware of the call and sin of the gospel, it may not make sense. But if your life has been ultimately changed by the gospel and we step out in faith, it makes complete sense. That no Milledgeville may not be the first place that comes to mind to plant a church. Especially in this area that we got that multiple times from people passing by who are our neighbors now saying, what are you guys doing here? Planting a church. You do know what area of town this is, right? Yes, we do. So it bleeds into the mission of this church is, like Kyle said, when y'all come here, just to give a heads up, you will get the truth of this word. What God has written for his people to be built up in, you're not going to get anecdotes from me that try to support this. This will support itself. And you'll hear it and be sent out and covered with it. And you'll go out as a family to serve. I had this bright yellow journal that I recorded my thoughts prior to the first night of fam. And I'll never forget that I wrote in it, fam will not be a bubble where believers just sit and high-five each other and don't go out and bring others in. And that's still 
our heartbeat. So for all intents and purposes, as we live out this completing Christ's joy and the sending work of the gospel, when you come alongside this, you should be encouraged that you have a family of every single one in this room who is called to the work of Christ that is going out and doing the same thing you are called to do. You should have the ultimate comfort that scripture tells us it's going to be done. Right? It's not left up for decision. It's not left up to how many times we fail or how faithless we are because if it was, we would be doomed. But Christ completed that work. It's going to be finished. Then the question for us is how much of a part are we going to play in completing Christ's joy? Y'all tracking with me? How much of a part are we going to play in stepping out in faith and seeing the gospel radically change Milledgeville? Starting with your classroom, your place of work, to where we go to serve, to right here in this room if you haven't encountered the Lord yet. How faithful and how much are we going to trust that the Lord will fulfill what he promised he would? So turn with me to Romans 12. That's the other place we're going to camp out and end tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to do this. And you say, Bailey, that's going well, but how do I do this? Or you may not be trusting me. And this will show you don't have to trust me. Trust this. Trust scripture. So Romans 12.1, starting right there. It says... I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Continuing in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is the call on a Christian's life to very quite simply present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And so something we're going to get into here is the idea of what that looks like when you live out your faith and what this looks like as a ministry doing that. In short, it looks like presenting everything you do as a living sacrifice and giving it to the Lord because it was never yours to begin with. And that's the beauty of the gospel is when it wrecks your life and opens your eyes, you see it was never in your hands. And when it was, it put you flat on your face. But now you can walk knowing your Lord and your Savior carries it on his nail-scarred hands. And we step out in that faith knowing the call to our lives to submit ourselves as living sacrifices. What that means is every area of our life to be a missional body and to be a missional member of Christ's body. It means coming to the full understanding that this faith and relationship with Christ is not something that's compartmentalized alongside your day-to-day life. Right, and the way I like to say this is a life radically changed by the gospel as a life that is going to be lived for the gospel, not a part of it. Not what you do on Sundays, not coming in here on Thursdays, because that's just attending somewhere. When the gospel changes our lives, it calls us to obedience. It calls us to submit ourselves as a living sacrifice, and we get to do that by the finished work of the cross. 
And the other beauty of this is that we don't have to work our way into that. We simply have to sit back, see the work of the cross, and then get up and live just as Christ was resurrected and went. And that's who we are. That is our heartbeat. It's not something that's compartmentalized. If your life has been changed by the gospel, it's a life lived for the gospel. And this is a place where you can fully do that. If you're in Greek life in here, if you're in a cohort in here, if you are working in here, every area of that is the Lord's. Especially if you can step out in the joy and say, I am a son and daughter of the king of the universe. Yet we look so silly sometimes when we try to hold on to the smallest pieces and not turn them over to God as if they're not already His. I do it. I go teach at Sinclair Christian Academy, 6th through 12th grade Bible, and I can't tell you how many times one of my 7th graders shows me just how much I'm holding on to something, and it makes me want to lose it. (laughs) It's just a small example, guys. I've just began to ask yourself the question, what area of the life, of your life, are you not surrendering to the gospel? So I'll tell you this, when you come here, it's going to be a place where you're encouraged to fully surrender your life to the gospel, and we will walk freely in that as a ministry. Not going to be a place that comes in here and says, live your faith out in this area, live it out in this area, and if you get to it in this area, that's awesome. No, it's all the Lord's. And a way to break that cycle of thinking is to stop putting things in lists. There is no God first, family second, football third. Or God at the center and then extending over here. Here's my school. Here's my friends. Here's my family. It is just God. It is just the gospel. And we get to live that out. And so continuing in Romans 12, picking up in verse 3, it says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. This is fam in a nutshell, especially being the college gathering of our church here in Milledgeville, the Branch Church Milledgeville. If there's any testament to this, it's my friendship and brotherhood with Tyler Joyner. He's 23 years of age today. We cannot be more unalike. And he's like a brother to me. I swear we couldn't be. (laughs) When I was growing up, I was at football. He was playing Mario for the 50th time. Right? But still, every single weekend we could, or in the summer, even though I had like workouts at 6 in the morning, I was at his house. And it wasn't because we had a lot in common. Because we did not. And now we're roommates And if you follow me on Instagram, you see we played t-ball together at three years old, and now we get to plant this church together and lead in what Christ is doing here. It's a small example of a church isn't people who have everything in common. Your college family 
you attend isn't a group of people you have everything in common with. It's not a place you go because you like someone's personality. It's a place you go because the person sitting to your left and your right is spurring you to holiness and gives you the strength and courage to believe in what Christ said he is going to do. And it's starting here in Milledgeville. So that's the mindset we have as a ministry. And I'll encourage you, as you try to find your home, just ask yourselves those questions. It does not have to be here, but wherever you plug into and wherever you make your home for the next four years, is it enabling you to fully serve the Lord? Do you have people who go there and know you can call in the dead of night that will be there for you when you fall short? Is it providing you venues to serve through the gospel? And is it making you uncomfortable and encouraging you to live out the more that the gospel wants for your own life? And again, it doesn't have to be here. Because guys, to be completely honest, we're not interested in filling every seat in here. We're not. That's not who we are. It never has been. We're interested in how many seats are empty because they're out living the mission of the gospel. We're not interested in seeing the same person come every Thursday. We're interested in who that person brings with them for the first time because they love their family here enough to believe that that person will also love what is going on here. We're not interested in building up Full Accord Ministry to be the biggest college ministry on campus. We're not interested in building the Branch Church Milledgeville up to be the first megachurch in central Georgia. I'm pretty sure that would be like 500 people anyway. (laughs) We're interested in planting seeds of the gospel that are going to flip this city on its head. There's no reason the world can't change starting right here in central Georgia. Yes, in a place with almost half its people living impoverished. Yes, in a place where gang activity is alive and well because we have a college campus right there and what are we going to do about it? Guys, when we come here as a family, we're not just going to treat our faith like this fun desk piece that we get to proclaim when it's nice. I hope and pray that if you stay around here and you buy into what the Lord is doing, you'll know full well that I will let you down at some point. That our point people will let you down at some point. The leaders we have here will let you down at some point because you're still trapped in this thing called flesh and we are not going to be perfect. But I hope you would also know that when you step into what's going on here, it is truly a family. It's people that will love you when it's not easy to. It's people that will rejoice with you when there's victories. It's people that are willing to stop everything they're doing and pray for you. And it's a people group that are moving viciously and fervently, believing in what Christ has done and wanting to see Milledgeville change. So just imagine for a second, I know you're feeling places out, but just imagine for a second, you freshmen in here, if you spend the next four years assuming you're all staying and not transferring. 
if you spend the next four years of your life, or sophomores, or even a senior in your night, or junior, whoever you are, imagine if you fully buy in to what the Lord is doing here. And when missional communities come, you buy in. And it's not because of what you have in common, the people sitting next to you, but it's because you realize a greater purpose and the one whose blood seals everyone together in his body. That is the gospel. There's no one word that encompasses the life-changing work of the cross other than the gospel. Not religion, not a relationship, although both play vital roles in that, but it is just the gospel. That God looked down and saw us as broken people who were still broken and sinning every day against him and sent his son down and crushed him so that we could live with one another in Christ-centered, authentic, vulnerable community on mission. And we do this because we know there's nothing our Savior can't do. Absolutely nothing. He's not entrapped by everything we can't do because of our sin. Because the thing about his work and the cross is that it's everything we deserved but couldn't even live up to to fulfill. But he did. And so what do we get in return? The call to submit ourselves as a living sacrifice and see the fruit of his work as we surrender every area of our life over to him. And so I just pray, I mean, I pray for whoever needs to hear that tonight, whether it be a refreshing thing, whoever heard it for the first time and heard the gospel presented in that way, guys, I just pray as you go out and find your church family for the next four years, two, three, one, whatever it is, that you would not sit comfortable on faith and treat it like a pillow because it's not. It's a cross we're called to bear every single day. But the beautiful thing is, is it's something that's just missed. It's something that's just missed in today's culture is it's not something you do alone. It's not. I can't tell you how many times with Tyler right here in the front, we called each other down for not bearing the cross or for pretending like we didn't have one to bear. And we did it in love because we were loved first and we got back to it. So wherever you end up, wherever you're searching, pray it for yourself because that is our prayer for you that you would find the place that allows you to best serve Christ's kingdom. We're not interested in what you can add to the aesthetics of fam because quite honestly, the aesthetics aren't that great. It's just broken people. That's all it is. You're not getting superstars up here. You're hearing a guy that's probably messed up more than any of you in this room talk about God's grace. That's what we live in. That's what we need. That's what we thrive in. And we remind each other of it all the time and not just when it's easy. Because if we're being honest, if we truly take this call seriously, if we truly step out, it's really not that easy. We're getting back to what's missed. It's not done alone. It's not. Ask some of our interns when they got here last year. 
That's the thing about Christ-centered community is Tyler and I's house had an open-door policy, and they were always welcome. And some of you got to experience it. That is Christ community. It's not something we pretend to be. It's something where we come together and say, you still messed up? Yeah, me too. Okay, look at Christ. And we don't just sit in that afterwards. We say, it's not you who lives. It's not me who lives. It's our Savior who came, died, rose, and went, and now we go. That's full accord ministry. That's the Branch Church Milledgeville. That's the true gospel. It's taking on this mindset and purpose that it's not how many people we can fill in a room. It's how many people we can reach in a city. It's how many people we can speak to on campus. And having the understanding, the seriousness, that inviting them doesn't count. It's meeting them for coffee. It's answering the phone when they call, even if you don't want to. It's going to the people no one talks to. It's going to the people you don't want to talk to. And it's something done in unison. It's something done with a body that has one mind, one heart, and is living in full accord. That means every area. And that's the umbrella of this ministry. That's the umbrella of our church. It's that it's a freedom and a joy that it doesn't rely on us. And it's our blessing and God's mercy that we would get to submit to the understanding we get to go and live out the fruit of Christ's life and not ours. So guys, I just pray that as a student at George College or GMC or wherever you are and wherever you end up, that you would poke and prod and see if it checks those boxes. It's a person sitting left or the right to you, not someone you have everything in common with, but someone you know would die alongside you spreading the gospel. Is it someone you know you can call when you go to try to evangelize someone and they spit in your face and you say, hey, this happened there, like, good job. Can you call them? Is it a body you feel at home in and can be yourself? Because it's fully a body that recognizes that we do not have everything in common except the cross. And if you've never heard it tonight, that is the true gospel. It is God fulfilling the life we could not live, giving us a purpose we don't deserve, and then equipping us to live out and take part in his glory. That's the call of the gospel. That's the call of his church. And as the college gathering of his church right here in Milledgeville, that is the seriousness with which we operate in the gospel, but also the complete joy. It's not a fake thing. If your life is falling apart on a Thursday night, you can break down in one of these chairs and someone will come wrap their arms around you. And it's not to gain anything. It's because the Lord is moving. The Lord is moving. And he will change Milledgeville. He will take back the earth. So then the question for us is not, how many people can we fit in this room? How many tracks can we hand out? How great can the speaker be? How loud can worship be? It's how faithful are we going to be in response to Christ's perfect faithfulness to us while we were still sinners.
That's it. It's very simple. That is the true gospel. It's not works-based, and we don't do it because of what we can get out of it. We've already been giving everything in Christ's spilled blood. We've been giving everything. And we live in it. And it is the most joyous thing to sit back and realize you can't earn it and you don't have to. And it is God's perfect plan that you live that out and his bride on this earth. Fam's not a church. It's not going to be your church. The Branch Church Milledgeville will be. This will be your college community if you buy in that's going to ferociously live out the gospel and vulnerability and Christ-centered community, believing in what Christ did enough to step out while it might seem ignorant to the world. While even to yourself, it might still sound ignorant, but Milledgeville is going to change. There's going to be a day where that 50% poverty rate is zero and all things are made new. There is. There's going to be a day when a kid won't go hungry here or when they won't lose a brother to violence. It's going to happen through Christ's body living on mission here. And there's no more perfect breeding ground for that than our campus right down the road. There's not. Fam's not going to be the safest place for you. It's not going to be a bubble. There's going to be a family that is completely sold out to the love and work of Christ, and it's going to be one that lives it out in one heart, one mind, and full accord, and we're going to go. We're going to go. And sometimes if you're not going, someone's going to throw you over their shoulder until you can get on your own feet and run with us again. That's how it works sometimes. Tyler and the guys had to do that for me last year. Our interns, these freshman guys just took part, and now they're leading it. How faithful are we going to be in response to everything Christ has done? I just encourage you to go out tonight. If you don't know who the Lord is, or if you haven't known the true Lord, there's nothing he couldn't do. And he's certainly not entangled by everything we can't. Because what it means for us to receive the fruit of Christ is that he did everything we could never do. And now we get to live that out. We get to mess up every day. So have people who will love us even when we're hard to love. We're going to fall short but still be falling forward on mission for the gospel. And when you come on Thursday night, it is going to be the sweetest, refreshing taste of the community and body of Christ until you get to Sunday and you get to celebrate Christ. That is what authentic community in Christ is. That is what the true gospel requires because it's what the true gospel did for you. Christ held nothing back for you. He didn't. He hung on the cross for the sins that we committed that nailed him to it. And said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and we still do it every day, and we're still washed clean. And to end the point here tonight, it's because he already knew everything that was going to happen. 
when he saves you, when he encounters you where you're at, it's not where you're at right now. It's where you're going to be at tomorrow. It's where you're going to be at in 10 years, 15, 20 years. He knows everything. He knows every wrong that will be done from Bailey Miller to him. He knows my sins of a week from now. Yet he still calls me his royal priesthood. He knows how short the body's going to fall and still loves them into himself anyway. And we're going to function in the same way. And over the course of the next three weeks, we're going to dissect that and unpack it more and more and talk about logistically how it's going to happen and vision casting how it's going to happen right where we're planted right here as the college gathering of the Branch Church Milledgeville. And so regardless, again, I just pray and urge you guys, it doesn't have to be here, but make your home and dig your roots where you can best serve the kingdom of the Lord. Know that if it is here, you got everything you're going to have and you got to see it tonight. It's not perfect people. It's not people who are ever going to try to pretend to be. And if they try to pretend to be, we'll lovingly remind them Christ is the one who's perfect. We function in vulnerable community and in Christ-centered love. And we live out the purpose placed on our lives. We're not going to sit on our hands. We're not. There's too much work to be done in Milledgeville. There's too much work to be done in your classmates sitting next to you's lives. There's too many conversation the Lord has ordained you to have with people that you will be encouraged to have from this family. Campus is right down the road. Milledgeville is all around us, and we're in the perfect place starting right here on the other side of the tracks. Why not Milledgeville? Why not fam? Why not? Who says the world can't change starting right here in Central Georgia? Because it's going to happen. But the question is, are you going to be a part? Are you going to be a part? If you've never met or known the Lord before tonight, that's who he is. Everything we're not, yet giving us everything we could ever need and far more than we could ever even think to desire to complete his will and glorify his name. And we just love you guys. You were prayed for before you even came in here tonight. If we've met you in our week of activities, we have fun. But we're serious about what we do and we're serious about who Christ is. And because of that, we have the most fun. Join me in prayer as we close. Father, thank you so much for who you are and the work you sent your son to complete by spilling his blood on the cross for every one of your children. God, I just pray for everyone in here tonight, from the freshmen to seniors to first-timers to whoever's been multiple times, that they would just have heard you tonight. That they would have just heard your purpose for their lives and that there is no second-guessing about what your community looks like. And I pray that it would be on full display on the Branch Church at Milledgeville in full accord ministry. God, we just thank you for what you've done and who you are because we know it's, it's everything we need. We thank you for loving us into yourself and breaking us if that's what it takes, but we thank you for giving your son and calling us into your body. So again, I just pray for everyone in here tonight 
that as they feel out where they're going to make their church family, as they feel out where they're going to find their college community, God, that, that you would put them in a place where they can best serve you. God, if there's someone in here tonight that does not know you, they got to see you for the first time and know that you are present in the love and body of your people. God, we love you, but it is only because you loved us first. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So tonight, we're going to have some questions that we toss up here. Got our man Tris over on text. Going to be doing. So this is the first one. So break into the row you're sitting in. If you're in a row of two, find another row of four in the back. And so just circle up. It's fine if you get the chairs messed up or anything, or just turn to one another. Introduce yourselves. It doesn't have to be awkward, and it's not until you make it. So just sit in these questions. I encourage you to be honest and vulnerable. Get to know one another, and we'll discuss these, and we'll come back up here in a little bit to end the night.